Hello. I hope you had a good day. Or you're heading into one. Personally, it was hard way day. And I did not get much accomplished at all. So we're going to talk about hard way or easy way tonight. I've picked a couple of graphics about neural pathways. Decision making decision making tools of our our brains, anybody else's brain, um, and hopefully you'll laugh <laughs> better than crying <laughs> uh, because sometimes this deals with uh, either our kids or our colleagues or our family members or our neighbors or the strangers we meet on the freeway. Um, it deals with frustration. It could deal with shame. Um, it could uh, deal with patience. Um, issues of the light, right? It could, because it, the, the patience to go easy way, the patience to realize, or the, the choice to pick um, uh, the successful route. <laughs> it kind of touches on what I talked about last night regarding um, the power of your approach. But specifically because of the day I've had with my son, John, bless his little pointed head. Um, we're going to talk about uh, when you get right down to it and it's a DEFCON 5 and you've run out of all of the other niceties to try in, in helping a person choose their approach. Um, and in this case, let's talk parent-child or since almost all of us are homeschooling our kids right now because of COVID-19, um, parent-teacher relationship, <laughs> which um, the kids will play those like a harp, right? Um, because they are the most confident in their relationship with us. So pushback is like top, top of the pile. Anyway, um, so um, hard way or easy way. And um, our day-to-day, -day, we got to the point where I was trying to use some of, so there's a balance, right, of, we were, tonight we were talking about that balance of when we start our kids in ABA, for those of you who are just getting started in this or you're, this is maybe like a, you're trying to figure out how it fits into your adult working world. ABA is like boot camp. Okay, it's like when you first get started, the training, the first week of school, setting up classroom management. If you're talking about neurotypical kids, it's setting the rules up in a family, family meeting kind of a style. It's when you're working with kiddos with learning differences, you are helping them hand over hand learn things. The, right, almost by rote. You're almost building little robots, but short of that, before it actually clicks into robot, you've got to start fading away that and letting the, the chaos of life and randomness start to come in so our kids can accept and be all right with when things don't go exactly their way, right? So anyway, applied, applied behavioral analysis is you, um, it's getting started with, with very, very firm boundaries. And then as time goes by, you hope you can ease up on that. Just like if a teacher was setting up classroom management for the, the, the new uh, school year, you would not go in all easy going and then later on have to clamp down. That's going to cause rebellion. Far better to go in with rules stated. We have our first few days and if it need to be a week, okay. But we're going to set up the governance in this classroom and this is how our community will learn. And then later on, maybe we can be friends. <laughs> but right now we have boundaries. Okay, so as today went along, um, it so the balance of that, right, of, of trying to help 
him stick to building good manners because for our kids, if they go un, unredirected, if I do not intervene and he builds neural pathways to loud, boisterous behavior, social, in, social not niceties, by the time he's not cute and little anymore, then he will have a bad adult life. And that will be really bad training on my part. And I'm not, so I would, but, but eventually I had to, we had to get, I had to be really firm with him. And it, he was frustrated because I think he had some emotional sadness and I was trying to help him with that. But for some reason today, he just wasn't listening, wanted to do it the hard way. And I begged him. I mean, my, my, my number one DEFCON 5, as I started to explain, please pick easy way. You're going to pick hard way or easy way? Hard way always hurts. Mom loves easy way. Can we please start over and try again? Well, I hate to say this based on all the things you've heard me say on these podcasts, but today, whatever it was I said, oh man, John was mad. And he reached out and started sparring with me like pow, pow, right across the face. And um, I know how to, I mean, I, I'm still bigger and stronger than he is, so I'll stop the punches. Um, uh, and he immediately, immediately was remorseful. And he immediately wanted to, you know, like receive a hug and start over. But he just had that flash fire of, of just the shame, the, the, the hatred of the worksheets. I'm tired of doing this. I don't understand it. The cognitive load of what you're asking me to do. I hate math, right? I hate this stuff so much and I'm so frustrated and my, my self-esteem is so low that whatever you say next is going to, the bucket's about ready to explode. So we definitely had to start over. And then is the, I didn't get things done I wanted to. And well, that doesn't really matter during the day. It's my time to be with him and to help him. Um, the list of things I get done or don't get done in my life will be pretty inconsequential compared to if I raise a child that uh, I've neglected and not done well on. So, you know, basically stuff I want to get done, that's what I do when it's nobody else is awake. <laughs> um, I'm not saying you should do it that way, but that's just how it seems to be rolling out for me right now. So he wanted, there's some things he wanted today. He wanted me to get, uh, to go out in the car and go get him a Happy Meal. And he wanted some croissants from the store, but I've got car problems. And so I couldn't really get my car started. And then we had all this hard way stuff. And we have a list of things we had to get done today for the academics. And every time we started to get a little bit of traction, you know, he's just wandering off. And so I could let him wander off and I could just say, okay, fine, screw today. Nothing's going to get done today. But, but I can't do that. All right. Because then guess what he's going to expect tomorrow. Right. So you just... I've learned I just do not renegotiate the list. Now, if we get toward the end of the day or something catastrophic happened, like something big happened yesterday, we didn't get much done after that. Yes, I need to help him. So this is where there's a kind of a trade-off here. Yes, I need to help him with his mental health and let him feel validated and, and um, affirmed. But at the same time, for those kids with developmental delay, and in this case, uh, all the, the academic learning challenges that, that there are, dysgraphia, dyscalculia, dyslexia, executive functioning shortfalls, working memory shortfalls, all these things we seem to have in spades. And so if I just am cavalier about that, 
and I don't hold the boundaries each day, well, you know what kind of progress he's going to make? And you know who's going to have, who's going to be responsible for that? So anyway, I said, John, let's try again tomorrow on the Happy Meal, okay? And those croissants that you wanted, guess what? Mom, we had hard way today, all day, and I didn't get anything done on my list. So, of course, he's going to keep, he's going to do his version of nagging, and I, I then just zipped it and, and was not going to get into that with our, I don't know if you do that. If your kids nag you, I say, hey, the more you nag me, the longer it's going to take. I'm just not playing that game. So I just wanted to share. So as you look here at this graphic, right? So there's a link down at the bottom to where I found it. And um, it's pretty cool. I, I put it in the middle of all the workshops when we're talking about neural pathways, sensory integration. I don't warn people. So you've been looking at it for a long period of time. But let's say that you were just staring at a blank screen while I was yakking. And then I click to this and you go, oh my goodness, what, a, what an amazing graphic that is. But you, your brain's had a long time to dissect that and realize that may not be real. But it's beautiful, isn't it? And that's what can happen if the neural pathways get all boogered up and the decision-making process eats out of synchronization. And so what's the outcome of that? Um, well, not what would get mom's list done today, that's for sure. Uh, and so my whole day-to-day -day has been kind of frustrating, off-balance. And as I said, I got to go to the dealership tomorrow, so like, oh, great, you know, that's probably not going to be cheap. So I'm pretty distracted. Um... I don't like these kind of days. I like the kind of days when you get your list all marked off and you feel like you've accomplished something and you know what tomorrow's going to be and everything's working. You like those kind of days? Yeah, I know. All right, so anyway, if I just sprung this, this, this photograph on you, I think you'd, you'd go, wow, that's amazing. And keep in mind that the, the, by the time the, uh, a child gets to be about six months old, their data is flowing th through their neural pathways as fast as 250 miles an hour. And so what we don't want is traffic jams like this. So that's why we work with our kids on building consistent neural pathways. Prune the ones that we don't need anymore. Let them have reliable um, habits. Uh, help them with their sensory integration. Help them so that they don't have hissy fits. That's a massive hissy fit right there. That's the kind of thing that my kid used to throw right before we try to go into the Target bathroom. I mean, nothing against Target, but their bathrooms are audacious, just horrible on their acoustic, uh, acoustic um, contouring. <laughs> um, loudest things I've ever seen. McDonald's bathrooms are just as bad. Those in those long, early days, long ago, man, there was no way mom ever got to pee going out into the public. So basically, it was just, um, you, you, well, you know that. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Um, so as far as, again, another example of if our kids have too many neural pathways, they're going in the wrong direction, they're frustrated, they're, sh they're filled with shame because you're doing, you're doing academic worksheets, right? And that's about the last thing they want to do, have their nose ground in or, or scrape through the fact that, all right, math is hard for them. Now, I'm lucky math is not hard for Gail, but other people, like for John right now, this whole math thing, on the ARD, I, I capitulated. We were struggling with so many different areas, and they said, okay, we'll teach them on the calculator. And I thought, okay, is that what you guys are doing? Whereas before, we'd been working on touch math, and we'd been doing, we still get out the manipulatives now as we're working on elephant math. So he's worked his way up, 
to 10.6 years old uh, as elephant math defines math age. So we're working on fractions and percentages. So uh, um, he's happy about making that kind of progress. But for a number of years at school, it was calculator. So if we're doing added, adding or subtracting now, we're counting fingers. Half the time he knows. He's actually better skip counting for multiplication and division than he is doing addition and subtraction. And oh dear, when we start to carry the 10, carry the one, you know, um, that's kind of like, hmm, we got to start over on the right-hand side, dude. We got to do the pennies, got to do the ones first before we do the tens. So his, um, his understanding of math and his, uh, some of his language processing looks just about like that. So the two topics in Gen Ed that he would struggle the most with, which is why he's not at grade level, which is why he's in specialized instruction right now, is the language arts, the language processing, which is spelling and reading and phonetic awareness and pronunciation and story problems and multiple choice and composition. Ooh. When we're trying to work on a composition, imagination, right? So they, so he, he's supposed to come up, come up with an idea and then write a, an essay on that. So the other day we had one on um, resilience, and he came up with something about his dad. I think I told y'all that already. Um, his dad passing, and then how do I, how do I help him without writing it for him? Write a few notes and then go from rough draft to an essay. Well, how, whatever he did was the best we could do. And so I took a photograph of that. I emailed it into the teacher. And he was very gracious. He said, nice things and keep at it. And so we just did our own accommodations, our own modifications, sent it in to the school. And we said, hey, hope you like it. That's <laughs> all you're going to get. So, um, but we did some version of learning through it all. You know where he goes for his research? <laughs> you're going to love this. Um, with the with the school system shut down like it is, they are, they gave out Brain Pop gave out free subscriptions as long as there's no school, uh, no public school. And so when he needs to do some some research on a topic, we go to Brain Pop. <laughs> I know that's just terrible, but um, I tried to explain it too. But uh, there's not a lot of ethics in Brain Pop. Sad to say. Um, so anyway, back to this, this thing about neural pathways here. Hard way, easy way, right? So um, you can always ask the person that you're trying to coach, which way? You want to do it the easy way or you want to do it the hard way? Because that's really bottom line, right? On anything you're trying to do, are you willing? Am I willing? Am I? Am I willing to take your advice? Am I willing to let your experience be my easy way? Right? Or am I going to be so stubborn and so fat-headed and so egotistical that I have to learn, I have to re, I have to, what do they call it, don't reinvent the wheel? Do I have to reinvent the wheel just because I'm not going to, what, I'm not, I don't want you to have the satisfaction of knowing that I took your advice? Uh, really? So, you know what they say about the, the young brains, right? That you don't really have all the, the thought processes in the frontal lobe well-connected and, and well-modulated until like, what, early 30s, <laughs> mid-20s? Um, hopefully it's a little bit sooner than that. But uh, um, anyway, when I saw this graphic, I thought this is a great uh, way to explain um, over-pruned, well, not over, maybe under-pruned or just not well-connected. Maybe the right brain and the left brain across that column colossum is just like this. 
you know, uh, and too many short circuits. And let's say some of that insulation's off those wires, right? So the myelin sheathing on your kiddo's dendrites is a little spotty, a little thin in certain places. So when the electrical impulses or the chemical impulses zip up and down those lines at 250 miles an hour, um, they might start short-circuiting and pretty soon you got, you know, data not arriving at the right time when it's needed. And so you have eccentricities, you have strange behaviors, you have strange noises. Um, oh boy, yeah, I'm sure you have some of that. And keep in mind, like the, the text says here, is that um, it's been years in the making, so those neural pathways could be pretty solid. So we still have to intervene today. We still have to work whatever it takes to redirect toward the right neural pathways. Because if I left that mess, like as you're looking at right now, if I let that be my kids' reactions in life right now, and I just look the other way, do you think it's going to kind of sort itself out <laughs> without intervention? No, he's going to end up in the prison system, right? Or worse. So... That's the deal with neural pathways. That's the deal with um, traffic jams and the dendrites and the sensory integration system. And if we, and this is the beautiful part, so this is where you get hope, right? The beautiful part of plasticity of the brain, neuroplasticity, is that as long as we're not dead, there's hope. The brain can reroute if there's a, a, a stroke or heart attack, um, a stroke. Uh, if for our kids, if they've got a massive pile up of traffic because of some traumatic event, physical, emotional, ed developmental, whatever it is that helps them be neurally diverse, the wiring may or may not, let's say, so if it's a genetic one-off, right? So your RNA, DNA is definitely a chromosomal difference. That structure is not going to change in cell replication, your RNA, DNA is fixed. But the way the data flows through the neural pathways, where the, wherever the insulation is uniformly thick and the data is making the right kind, oh, let's, let's, let's reroute this neural pathway and let's fade away the one that's not working and let's really work on getting that, the, the appropriate one good and solid and the one that is the go-to. Well, that is the plasticity. So, it's not, it doesn't mean that if, if you're working with someone who's got a genetic one-off that they're doomed. It just means that it's a, some of it's structural and some of it is the, the data that goes through the wire. Some of it is the actual um, uh, RNA, DNA of the body that won't change. And then some of the things can change. So that's the epigenetic, right? The little electrical switches up and down, the RNA, DNA, double helix. That sometimes traumatic events can flip those little puppies up or a down, on or off, and it's usually not conscious. So therefore, you can't unflip them by choice. You usually have to do interventions or by sheer will or motivation, like we were talking tonight on helping our kids develop as they approach adulthood, habits uh, that they choose. What are they motivated to do? What can they overcome um, that they're, they might be born with or have acquired, but what can they overcome? Because they just plain choose to, to win, right? They choose to work through the hard, the hard choices and they, they choose to get their education and they choose to learn how to run a mile and they choose to whatever they're going to do, right? So the human nature, the human spirit, you just never want to vote against that, right? It's, um, there's always hope for our kids as long as it's always hope for you. 
<laughs> as long as you're alive. There's always hope for me. But the power rests in my own willingness to take on the responsibility for the choices I make. Therefore, I empower myself. And therefore, I get to choose what it is. And I'm not just a, a victim of my RNA DNA, or I'm just a victim of my, my neural pathways, or I'm a victim of what it is I eat, right? I'm the one that put it in my mouth, right? So, but it's a nice, you know, we talked the other day about the um, uh, water the flowers, not water the weeds. So it's kind of a backdoor to that. So I'll say these words to him. I say, buddy, you're picking hard way. You're miserable right now. And you're making me miserable. You're miserable right now because you're choosing to be. So I want him to feel that responsibility. And, and then I try just to shut up and not say anything more, right? Because I'll just unsell the whole thing if I keep talking. And he won't be listening to me anyway. So, easy way, the flowers. And we want to water the flowers. Love easy way. Oh, I love easy way. I'm so happy we started over again. I'm so glad we tried again, John. That's awesome. So you want to work on that neural pathway. You want to build that one up. And you do have to recognize that it is a wrong choice and we're not going to do it that way anymore. We're going to do it the right way. So I never deny that. I just say, oops, that looks like hard way to me. Please don't pick that again. That's not how we're going to do it. We're going to do it this way. And then we do it correctly. We do it that way maybe twice if we have to. But that's how we're going to do it every time. So we're kind of encouraging toward easy way. But I'll use those words all the time with them. You're, you're miserable because you're making hard way choices. Please don't do that. Let's start over. Let's try again. Let's rise like a phoenix and make good choices. Um, it's an effective... It's a, an effective redirect. Um, I hope it works for you. It works for me. Um, and uh, I just wanted to share that because it's been up my nose all day. <laughs> I don't mean drugs. I mean up my nose like, you know, like, um, like a what? Like a chopstick. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Listen, thank you for your time. I know I'm being silly. It's uh, time to go do something different. <laughs> Peace be with you, and I hope uh, I hope you're today and you're tomorrow and all the rest of the days of, of your life are the easy way. But in case it's not, just look to whoever's making the choices and make it really, you know, DEFCON 5, pretty, we're in red alert here. Are you going to choose hard way or are you going to choose easy way? Because you're choosing. Seriously, you're choosing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Peace be with you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.